Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Friday. Uh, what day is it? Man, it's September 4th. That's right, September 4th. Man, time's just flying. And uh, it is Friday, and on Fridays we do Anything Goes, but it's also kind of our Disciple Day where we have guys that are very active in discipling and have ministries of discipleship to come in and just kind of kind of talk about the things we've been talking about in the week and today is someone who is no stranger to the microphone in fact uh several of you have been going um hey where's brad brad Sykes. <laughs> glad to have you back in here today. I, d- I doubt anybody's really <laughs> doing that doug <laughs> no they are just the other day i had somebody ask about you and so uh glad to have you back in how is things go- how are things going out in the real estate world during covid brother it, well first of all it is is great to be back uh i had i you know steve had to know you had me on st- in the in the in the sh- in the room today because we were running late <laughs> yeah. whenever whenever you and i get together uh pre uh broadcast uh, that's not a it's a good thing for us individually but it's probably not a good thing for SWAT <laughs> because we come up here and leave steve a little shook up well steve was but, probably uh, wondering because we literally walked in as the program was just about to start so, so. steve good to be back buddy <laughs> even if it's just to kind of shake you up a little bit where we walk in as the as the music is playing doug good to be with you brother and uh yeah real estate is good you know business is good i mean covid is uh you know it's had an interesting impact on a lot of people uh not just physically but um financially and obviously spiritually you and i were just talking about a little while ago just the impact that the world and a fallen sinful world how how does that impact us how how does it impact your marriage your family your business uh, your church life you know it's one of the things wait there's been a church life during the pandemic can you believe it yeah exactly <laughs> macarthur but... said we've been played i don't know if you heard that wednesday we we're talking about it john macarthur who you and i both have a lot of respect for yes. said that the pandemic uh has been used as a weapon and we've been played he said they have seven thousand members of their church and nobody's been in the hospital and nobody's been sick mm. And so he and, you know, they got hit with all the, the the stuff going on as far as from the state and they're taking away their parking space now, I think. And so hey, listen, have, that that that's not going to stop the church. I mean, really, the true church is not going to be hindered by the government. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, yes, we are to submit to governing authorities, but we are first <laughs> answer to God. Unless there's biblical overage, right, right? Exactly. Well, oh, would that happen? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I think it has. Well, what's been interesting is how things have been playing out uh, all across our country. And uh, I, I got read an interesting thing yesterday that I wanted to get you to weigh in on. That um, 
there was a survey, a new survey that uh, revealed that 52% of American adults believe, 52% of Americans, this is not relegated to just Christians, mm-hmm. 52% of American adults believe Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. I, I mean, had I actually heard that uh, maybe this morning on Denison Forum. Yeah. And it made me think, and especially maybe in light of what we're going to talk about today, the importance of discipleship. You know, when you hear numbers like that, I don't know what comes to your mind. You and I have both been involved in teaching and discipleship, you in preaching and evangelism. You know, if you really look at that statistic, why does that happen? How does that happen? And I think you can really go back to the fact that we're not making disciples. Well, the the, the church, I mean, the the body of Christ in this country has gone away from the biblical model. And that's what Chan's book, Letters to the Church, was all about. And um, this week we've talked about the characteristics of a good shepherd, which is a good leader. If you remember... All throughout the Old Testament and even Jesus himself, the harshest words of God in Scripture deal with bad shepherds. Mm, mm. And people, and what I mean by bad, listen, we all are fallen people. We're all broken. We're not talking about people that are broken. We are talking about people rebellious against God's leadership, people who continue patterns of that and Chan brought out eight different uh, characteristics of shepherds, Brad, that I want to – we're going to kind of weigh in today, and people can call in. If you're listening today and you have thoughts about this or questions, you can call in 844-777-7928, or you can send a question to Doug at SWATradio.com. I'm glad you're sharing that number because yeah. I forgot it. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, it's real easy. <laughs> it's 844-777-SWAT. If you spell out the last four, it's spelled SWAT. So 844-777-7928. And uh, another person said, hey, you don't ever say the call letters or what station you're mm-hmm. on. So Because if somebody's just flipping through the station and they're not listening to the podcast, we're on 91.7 here in Jacksonville. 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 FM in Folkestone, Georgia, and we're on the Lighthouse up in Virginia, and we're on WMER in Meridian, Mississippi. And, and we're, anywhere you, we're, we're anywhere you are online, right? That's SWATradio.com. SWATradio.com. <laughs> Thanks for my friends out in Houston who are listening today. Yes, I am alive. And I'm doing well. Glad to be back on the air with Doug here. Yes, he is alive. And for the people out west who listen that know Brad, yes, he is here. And But, Brad, I, I just want to go over some of these characteristics. And, I mean, some of them you sit there and go, really? Like the first one is a Christian pastor slash shepherd. I mean, you would think that would be obvious if they're supposed to be leading for God, they would be a Christian. But not all leaders are true believers, and, and so a Christian pastor shepherd. The second is a praying pastor shepherd. Third is a humble pastor shepherd. Fourth is a loving pastor shepherd. Fifth is a, an equipping pastor shepherd. A spirit-filled pastor shepherd. 
and a suffering pastor shepherd. And I, I added shepherd. He calls them pastors there. And, you know, as you, as you think about these characteristics, uh, let's just not get into the Christian, but even praying, you know, prayer is something we really struggle with. We talk about it and we're not really taught. Well, I remember that guy we had on Paul Miller about a praying life, a really, really helpful book praying. Um, uh, who's the the Presbyterian guy that wrote the book? Yeah, Tim, Tim Keller. Keller wrote a good mm-hmm. book on prayer. Uh, I'll tell you an old book that I've been reading. A guy named um, oh gosh Alexander White wrote hmm. a book. He's an old like I call him an ODG, an old dead guy. <laughs> wrote a long time ago. One of the best books on Bible characters in print ever, hmm. other than the Bible itself. It's called Bible Characters by Alexander White. He goes in and details just about every character in the Bible, gives you incredible background. But he wrote this book called Lord, Teach Us to Pray, and and he was taking that from the disciples' request. But he goes into it, and that's a very another helpful book on prayer. But prayer is such a an elusive thing for us, I think, to be regular and active. But Chan says that none of his staff members, he doesn't want them unless they're praying an hour a day. Oh, man. Think about that. That's convicting. Mm, very. To take an yeah, hour very. every day and pray. I mean, I mean. You know, Doug, you, you and I, uh, it seems as, as long as we were on the air together, uh, three and a half, almost four years, uh, where we we talked a lot about just your own, your own spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. I'd argue that may be the most important discipline as men, yeah. as a Christian. You know, I think we're what drives prayer in the life of a man. What drives mm-hmm. prayer in the life of a Christian? If you're listening, just let that resonate with you. What is it that drives you to prayer? Are you only praying when things are not going as you would like them to go? Maybe you got a bad diagnosis. Maybe you got a bad relationship. Maybe you're struggling financially. Listen, I believe as Christians, we ought to be daily reminded that we are needy, needy people. Well, see, that's the key. I mean, when we don't pray, Mm. we're not seeking God's input. We're not seeking his help. We're just saying we got this. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, every day we should be seeking his input. Lord, this is your day. I, I give this day to you. You show me what you want me to do today. Yeah. But most of the time, we get up in the morning and we just blow through. You know, I don't know if you watched the Chosen series at all. I have watched some of it. I haven't watched all of it. Well, they portray some of the Jewish prayers that were very accurate. The Jewish people, when they woke up every morning during biblical times, they would say, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, mm. King of the universe, who gives sight to the blind who puts clothes on the naked, and who provides all that we need. They mm. said, started their day off mm. like that, mm. you know? And and I when we come back, Brad, from the break, I, I, I want to get into that a little bit about sometimes we think that if we repeat the prayers, we violate what he says in 6. That's not what he's talking about in chapter 6, because the Shema they said every day too, and there's value in that, and I want to talk about that when we come back. 
Uh, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio today. I have Brad Sykes. He's not really a guest. He's family. <laughs> but Brad is here with us today. We're talking about discipleship and being a good shepherd. And we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, You've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day and dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. There's a better life, there's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker If you feel lost, he's a way maker If you need freedom, save it Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and uh, we are... In the studio today with Brad Sykes, disciple guy who has a heart for one-on-one discipleship. Brad, you've been doing that a long time. And, you know, when you meet with guys one-on-one, what do you find most guys, when you start with them, uh, are at? Where do you find them at, most guys, in their prayer life? What do they struggle with most in praying? Yeah, they, I, you know, interesting. And I wrote down these things you talked about first. Um, what makes a good shepherd mm-hmm. from uh, Chan. Chan's book? Yeah. One is that they're Christians. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. now you would think if I'm going to sit down with a man 
um, I'm, I'm believing he's a Christian. Yeah. Uh, most people are a little surprised in the sense that I go into it as if they're not. <laughs> I, I actually want to determine, and, and granted, I, I'm not judge. I can't fully determine whether a guy's a believer, but we'll know they'll know us by our fruit. Mm-hmm. And you, you've said it many times. It's not about perfection. It's about direction. And I think our direction is most clearly identified in our prayer life, Doug. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that um, most men would say either prayer has not been modeled for them mm-hmm. uh, because most men are intimidated by the idea of prayer. Uh, you've been in those settings where you might ask a guy to pray who may say, you know, I just don't feel right. <laughs> you or know, they, it, they're uncomfortable <clears throat> praying in front of people, but 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 most of the time when somebody says that i think they misunderstand kind of what what you want them to do or why you're asking them to do it and what their role is in doing it because their role is not to pray for the people there in the sense of being okay for them it's to pray to god Mm -hmm. on their behalf yeah yeah you know and and You know, that's an interesting thing. And then, I mean, because a lot of times you'll ask people and you're, you're actually, you're afraid to put them on the spot because, (laughs) because you're afraid, well, they, why'd you do that in front of everybody, you know, but, but shouldn't we as believers be to a place to intercede if, if somebody needs us? Well, think about it. If you're going to make disciples, what would be, now I know you, you and I both love God's word and we would tend to, uh, put a lot of emphasis on if i'm going to disciple a guy i want him to be immersed in the word yeah absolutely no doubt but not at the sacrifice of prayer mm-hmm. and so prayer is usually where i actually start once i have determined this guy is a regenerate he has a regenerate heart he's got a, a new heart if you've got a new heart that god has put in you i believe that heart comes with a desire Mm-hmm. and a hunger to be with God. Yeah. And we're with God when we're in his word and when we're in prayer. And so I think a lot of men, and you've we've talked about this before, that discipleship is not just teaching and preaching. It's like what we did on Saturday is we went you know, to the north side and handed out food. It's it's modeling. That's discipleship also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think prayer needs to be modeled for a lot of men. I've, I've talked about it that, you know, we use the acronym uh, ACTS, ACTS. It begins with adoration. And listen, and you may have your own way of doing it, mm-hmm. but I like the idea of teaching men that I think you ought to first spend time um, adoring God. That's the word well, adoration. I think you see that in Scripture. I mean, Absolutely. when you look at the models, whether it's yeah. Nehemiah or whether it's Jehoshaphat or whether it's Hezekiah, or David, you look at their prayers, and they start most of their prayers adoring him. Hey, think about it. The Lord's Prayer. Mm. Our Father, where? Who art in heaven. We are immediately kind of putting an attribute around, where is he? He's in heaven. He is ruling. Mm-hmm. You know. And, I mean, that's just one. You're right. I mean, look at the prayers of the saints that we see in Scripture they all begin with who God is. 
He's yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, I think. <laughs> let me let me step back for a second. Not I think. I absolutely believe that the best place to start for models of prayer isn't necessarily other people in our world, but to go to the Bible to see how God's faithful servants prayed Mm. because those faithful servants, you know, their prayers, you know, and I mentioned this the other day, second Chronicles 2012, when Jehoshaphat was surrounded by the Moabites and the Ammonites, and they were in desperate mode. They were afraid. He prayed a very short prayer, but one of the most significant lines that I've ever read in a prayer or seen modeled, I've used it over and over, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Mm. Mm. And what is he saying? He's saying, we have no capacity to deal with this, but we're looking at you. You show us. We'll do. If you want us to run this way, we'll run this way. If Mm. you want us to, to stay and fight, we'll stay and fight. And I think God, I say, I think I got to get away from that. I this, I think, I believe that God wants us to be needy more than anything else in our prayers to show this need. And you and I have talked about this many times before, where when our kids come to us and say, dad, will you help me with this? <laughs> we don't go, no, I don't want to help you. We take great yeah. joy. Yeah. In that, because what is that doing? One, it takes humility on our child's part to do that, but it also endears us relationally with them to be able to do that for them. Amen. Amen. You know, we're talking about uh, old dead men. What did you call them? Oh, what? ODG, old dead guys. Old dead guys. Yeah. One of my favorite old ODGs is uh, uh, Arthur Pink. He said this prayer is not appointed. For the furnishing of God with the knowledge of what we need, but mm. it is designed as a confession mm. to him of our sense of the need. Wow. In this, as in everything, God's thoughts are not as ours. God requires that He that his gifts should be sought for, and he designs to be honored by our asking, just as, you, just as he is to be thanked by us after. He has bestowed his blessing on us. Now, just turn that back around to what you just said. When one of our children asks something of us, they they first recognize they don't have what they want. Mm -hmm. They know who has it. They recognize it as a need, and so they ask it. Mm. Now, as the father, you give the gift. You give what they're asking if if you believe it's good for them. How does it make you feel when they don't say thank you? And that's what Pink or is talking wor- or about worse here. When they reject it outright, oh, absolutely, and they go, "No, nah, I think I'm going to do it my way." Mm. Mm. That's hard. Yeah, but but yeah. think about how Israel did that over and over and over and over, and shepherds allowed them to do that, and mm. they were not good shepherds mm. that did that. Mm. And as a loving father, in fact, I I've had a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks with good believing fathers who are trying to help their children, who are choosing to make bad choices. And you and I both have walked down these paths where, you know, we all make mistakes. And, you know, we're not perfect leaders, Mm -hmm. but we want to be loyal to God and his word. 
And as we continue to go down our cultural path that we're on right now, we are seeing more and more um, disengagement of children from their parents who love them. I mean, children raised in homes that have been taught the word, Mm -hmm. that have laid it out. Uh, and, and it's like you and I were talking, you taught this, you said you taught it the other day, the difference between being conformed to the world or transformed by Christ and living in the world, you know, out there. And we are seeing a lot of conformity to unbiblical principles in the world today. Well, and as, as fathers, if you're out, if you're listening in and you're a father, fight, fight hard for your kids uh, because uh, they're being discipled i I say it all the time Mm -hmm. your mind is being renewed somewhere yeah you are being discipled your children are being discipled Mm -hmm. who's discipling them and what are they being discipled in because that's just the reality of the world we live in we don't we don't live on a farm somewhere (laughs) we're not engaged with a, a culture you know, I mean, we have these devices, we have these laptops, we have all this technology, and we're, we're so easily, we so easily dismiss uh, the things that our children can get their hands on, and they're being discipled. And I think as fathers, as spiritual leaders, as shepherds, what we're talking about here in the home is the importance of being serious about discipling at home first. Mm. You know, I've, 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 sh- I've said this many times. There was a season in my life where I was leaving the house to go shepherd and disciple other men, and I was neglecting those that God had put under my own roof, mm. that being first my wife and then my children. Mm. And God broke me in that area and said, here's where I want you to focus. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think one of the things, Brad, out of praying – that uh, you you alluded to is the next thing on his list of characteristics is a humble pastor mm. and or shepherd. Listen, you don't have to be a pastor of a church to be a shepherd. You shepherd your family. Yeah. You shepherd people around you. Um, we all should be shepherds to other people we're discipling. And so uh, are we drawing attention to ourselves or to Jesus? And when we come back, I want to get into that a little bit about the humility problem that we have, including me uh, in our country. I was going to say, I'm right there with you, brother. Well, it is. It's a problem, uh, especially when everybody thinks their opinion is so important, right? (laughs) So, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio, Doug McCary, and I have uh, Brad Sykes here today. We will be right back after the news. Stay with us on SWAT Radio. Give me your eyes so I can see 
everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so I can see. Yeah. 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 Busy street, see a girl and our eyes meet. Does her best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath. There's a man just to right, black suit and a bright red tie. To a shame. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It is Friday, September 4th. Hard to believe, Brad, that we are into September of 2020. Almost. Three months and we're done with 2020 almost, man. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the last time I was up here, Steve can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was somewhere in May, April or May, we moved into this studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had to come in here with masks on, yeah. which we're still doing. We're not in the studio with masks on, but we're in the building <laughs> with masks on. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it is September, but Doug, I don't know about you, but I've lost track of what month it is i mean well, yeah i know it's september only because i can look at my calendar but <laughs> well Lori and i were talking about how it seems like we went to israel in january that seems five years ago like five years ago to us you know it's it's, it's unbelievable i mean well you know <clears throat> brad we were talking uh before we left about letters to the church and Chapter six is really about the um, the essential characteristics of a pastor or shepherd, and uh, they're not professional paid pastors. He's talking about, but any Christian who is shepherding another believer, mm-hmm. whether it's one on one like you do a lot of, or whether it's in your family. And he talked about first, you have to have faith. You have to be a Christian, yeah. a true believer. Second. You have to pray. You have to be dependent upon God. Third, he says, is to be humble. And he talked about this. And, and you know, Wednesday we kind of talked about this, about how if you think about most pastors that are supposed to be modeling and leading for us today, do they draw attention to themselves or Jesus? <laughs> and it's so easy to say, well, of course we draw attention to Jesus. But a lot of times you hear people talking more about the pastor than you do them talking about Jesus. And even in families or even in a discipleship, ideally, if you are one-on-one with a guy, you want him leaving talking about not how in love with Brad Sykes he is, but how in love with Jesus he is and how God has used Brad Sykes in his life to point him to Jesus, mm. the, that but so often, isn't it easy to manifest what should be going to Jesus to human beings? Yeah, as impressed as we are with people, with men, uh, we're going to be far more impressed with God when we know what God has done in that man. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, Doug, you're right, we, we tend to elevate man and forget the God who is working in that man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think this may be the greatest virtue 
or the most needed virtue mm-hmm. among leaders, mm-hmm. spiritual leaders, be yeah. it in the church or be in the home. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> if you're going to sit down one on one with a man, are you going to talk about how, how good your life is? <laughs> are you going to talk about how wrecked you are? I mean, that's really the story of redemption. The story of redemption is not how great we are, but how great God is, that he would redeem just wretched people like us. Yeah. That, that, but, you know, so often we have to be reminded, and God will remind us. He, if, if we are not reminded by regular time with him, first mm-hmm. of all, if you really are spending time in the presence of God, you don't feel prideful you you can't be in his presence and really feel prideful um now you can feign and fake being in his presence and feel prideful but if you're actually in his presence you there's a there's it just you you don't want to be there it's like peter remember when peter was in the boat and he realized that he was in the boat with God, and he said, "Depart from me, I'm a sinful man." Right. He right. was in the pre. Right. He was in there when he manifested his power, and he goes, "Wow!" He, he you know, uh, Thomas, when he, my Lord and my God, he knew. Yeah. Right. Well, I was going to say, can you experience humility apart from God? Mm. Um, you know. I, you ever? I know you've done this many times, probably with your kids, where you go outside on a dark, dark night, and you look up at the sky on a clear, clear night, and yeah. it, you ought to be in awe. Yeah, you, you just know? see that he numbers it, or names all those yeah. stars. You think yeah. of Psalm nineteen: the heavens declare the glory of God. As we see God and the power of God, mm-hmm. there is a there is a natural response to that and it's humility mm-hmm. if you say man god is awesome it's true but is he being raised up and you being are you decreasing while he's in that's what john that's what made john so great right. they went right. to john hey and i think about it that you know that that would take a lot think about today if somebody just uh your your people under your leadership flocked to go to another place, another shepherd that might be leading close by. Mm. And for whatever reason, God redirected these disciples to go over there. Would our response be, you know, Jesus must want them over there? Or mm-hmm. would it be, or what am I doing wrong? Our natural tendency is, what am I doing wrong? Why do they not right. like being here? What, what am, am I teaching bad? You know, right. we tend to right. go self in introspective oh, absolutely and, and like and and but sometimes god his plan just redirects people and it's the same with funding for ministries you know if you look at people as your source of of god's provision mm. instead of god being the source and him just using the people it's easy to get upset when people aren't supporting your vision anymore or what god is but sometimes God just redirects people. Sure, sure. And 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 so being humble means that you understand that he's got a plan, he's sovereign, and whatever he allows you to do is a privilege. And and we have to be reminded of that sometimes. Oh man, it, that is a difficult thing because we we get so much affirmation or confirmation from man. 
and uh, it's it, it's easy to get into that trap. You know, Paul says this in Colossians, which I love this. He said, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and humility. Mm-hmm. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Well, it, he, he leads it off by saying, as God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. That ought to humble you right there. That he would choose me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so are we drawing attention to Jesus? That's where we should. So he goes on to say that. And then he talks about being a loving shepherd. Mm-hmm. What does love mean? I mean, we, we it means so many things to people. But I found myself not being as loving as I should be in the midst of this pandemic a lot of times. And I realize that, you know, what we do reflects on Christ. Mm. And we forget that. We forget that, you know, it's not just, you know, it's easy. And I do this when somebody says, man, you're being mean. I'm like, no, I'm not being mean. But apparently whatever I said was hurtful enough for them to think I was being mean. Mm. And if they said it back to me, my tendency is to defend myself. And in doing that, what am I doing to Christ? Am I I emulating Christ? Because when Christ was crucified on the cross, or even when he was brought in in front of the judges who were hurling all kind of false accusations, he says he was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say a word. You know, Doug, I'm reminded this is such a challenging uh, attribute this <laughs> yeah. love uh, because in, in all honesty you and i we cannot love apart from god no. i mean this is this kind of goes back to humility it's recognizing my desperate need to experience god's love so that i can love mm-hmm. you know that seed of love that gets planted in our hearts bears fruit and that fruit is, what is it, First Corinthians, uh, where Paul says, uh, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. Those are That's kind of the fruit that comes forth out of a, a, the seed of love that gets planted in us. Mm-hmm. And I personally struggle with this because I want to define love. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, well, don't talking, we all do? Well, sure. Don't we, we all want to define it in our own terms? Right. Right. And don't we live in a culture that accentuates that and says <laughs> it's whatever you make it to be? Yeah. It, it, you know, but according to that verse, love is patient, love is kind. It's not envious, not jealous, it's not boastful. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. <laughs> wow. That, see, I mean. <laughs> or it's not easily angered. How about that one? Can you imagine if every day. We just prayed First Corinthians thirteen wow. for yeah. God to help us. Why don't we do that, Brad? Yeah. I mean, why don't Ooh. we? Why do we not take that passage of Scripture, God's truth, and make it a prayer every day? Let me go back up to chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Pray. You want to know how to pray? Uh, go go look up First Corinthians thirteen, verse four and five. You'll have a great prayer life. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that. See, and you know, Lori told me a long time ago, she challenged me to start praying the scriptures. It's a great way to really start praying. Hey, Amen. we're going to be back for our last segment. If you want to weigh in or just have a question or comment, 844-777-7928. We're going to be right back for the last segment of SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. Let's hear from you. <laughs> this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Friday, September 4th, and glad to have you joining us today with Brad Sykes. We've been talking about letters to the church, uh, specifically chapter 6, the chapter on good shepherds, and what does it mean to really uh, be a good shepherd, you know? And um, I just, uh, I was thinking about these characteristics, Brad, a Christian, a praying pastor or shepherd, a humble shepherd, a loving shepherd. We talked about these things. And that chapter, man, that chapter from Corinthians 13 is so good. It is such, I mean, it's read almost at every wedding, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's so applicable to us because Jesus said, my disciples will be known by their love for one another. And uh, that was one of Chan's big things in the book. But then he goes into an equipping pastor. Yeah. 
I, and and uh, on Wednesday, I, I brought up the idea. You ha- you have five kids. I have eight children. Let's say that we did not prepare our children at all to leave the house, and they're still all with us, 32, 29 years old, 27, except let's say they even 10 years older, 42, 39, 37, and because we haven't equipped them. Well, that's what's happened in the church. We have people who have been in church for 20, 30, 40 years who come every week and they hear a message, but they haven't really been equipped to go and reproduce, even though it's the responsibility of shepherds to do that. First of all, it's father's responsibilities to to take care and to do that in their family. The pastor is supposed to be also a discipler. And I really think that's part of one of the biggest problems we have in our culture, church-wise, is the lack of true discipleship that has been taking place in churches across the country. You know, Doug, I, last night, uh, Vicki and I had the uh, great privileges we do often is to have our grandchildren at, at our house for dinner. Um, and uh, the well, not the youngest. So we've got four four grandsons under four. That's a handful right there. And uh, one of them, Samson, who was sitting at the table, he can uh, he's uh, two years old, and he can't – if you put food in front of him, yeah. um, it's not a pretty scene. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you have grandchildren. You know what oh, that yeah. looks like. Yeah. And at some point, they do learn how to eat properly. Mm. But last night, uh, I actually – got his food now once i kind of watched the mess he had made i got over close to him and started i got his spoon for him and began to put it into his mouth you know if if we didn't do that that child would literally starve to death Mm. that's what's happening in the church today Uh, we have people who are joining churches because there's some amazing communicating pastor interesting doug that none of the things that i wrote on my sheet from that book say anything about uh charismatic um communicator um even good communicator yeah and and listen that's not to say that's not a a valuable uh, thing but it's i don't think it's essential <laughs> well what did paul say in uh corinthians what what what, what did paul say that <clears throat> i did not I, I didn't, rely I on come words you, of wisdom i didn't come to you with lofty speech yeah. Um, in other words, we've got churches that are we've got we've got people in churches that are are feeding their the only real spiritual nourishment they're getting is from whatever the pastor has to say. That's that pastor is spoon feeding the the saints, mm-hmm. and maybe they aren't saints, some of them, and yet they think they're saints. Was it you who used that illustration one time of of a mother bird? It's like regurgitated food, uh, and and you know they need to get off the regurgitated and and be able to to get food from the word right themselves. Yeah. But see, isn't that what an equipper does? Doesn't isn't the whole goal of equipping like with Jesus? He taught them 
He said, now go do it. Yeah. Shouldn't yeah. we be led to be told, hey, okay, now go out and do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the whole goal is to go and emulate whoever is teaching you what they're teaching you and sharing with you so that other people can then do it and it's perpetuating the faith down throughout history until he comes back. I yeah. think that's what it's about. Well, you, you, one of our favorite verses, Second uh, Timothy two two, the things you've heard from me, and the presence of many witnesses, and trust of faithful men who mm-hmm. will teach others also. That's four generations. Yeah, that's Paul. That's Timothy. That's other men, and then who will teach others also. Mm-hmm. So that's four, and I think it's multiple times in the scriptures. Oh, it is, and and I think that. That is, you know, that's been seen as such a, what I want to call a targeted uh, area of responsibility mm-hmm. for people rather than all of us. We all yeah. have that responsibility. Right, right. Um, well, it's interesting, Doug. We don't have, in, in, in American society, we don't have a problem going in the backyard to throw a baseball, yeah. to teach our young men how to throw a football or a baseball or how to catch a fastball or to hit a fastball. Listen, that, I did all those things, too. But we have neglected the shepherding at home by sitting down with our young men and, and really get them early. Because <laughs> as I said before, they're being discipled, depending on where they're spending the majority of their time. Um, there's nothing against some of the, the things that are out there. I'm just saying if, if, we're not, if we're not doing the majority of the disciple-making, spiritual disciple-making, uh, they're going to be discipled somewhere. Well, let's let's talk about the spiritual part because that was another characteristic. He said they should be spirit-filled shepherds, and there's a real disconnect with that terminology. I think because because of abuses, people have have kind of pulled back from thinking about that. I believe you know there's a difference. We. If you are a believer, you have been baptized in the Spirit. That's mm-hmm. the baptism mm-hmm. John spoke about. Right. There's faulty teaching out there that says that you're not baptized in the Spirit until you manifest certain gifts. That is incorrect. That's yeah. not yeah. biblical it's at false. all. That's false teaching. It is not. It's not scripturally supported. They, they take scriptures that are in the book of Acts, people that teach that, and they try to draw theology from that. If what they are saying is true, you would find it in the letters to the church addressing those issues that address spiritual issues, and it's not addressed there. And so, so if you are a believer, you cannot be a believer in Jesus Christ a true believer and not have the Holy Spirit inside you, yeah. which means you've been right. baptized. Right. But there's a difference between being spirit filled where there's a filling of the spirit and you're allowing that spirit to basically control you to where you're singing Psalms as Ephesians talks mm-hmm. about. Uh, and he says, don't be drunk, but be filled with the spirit. Mm-hmm. In other words, let, the spirit have control of your body and how do we do that brad through prayer and reading the word and it's like bill bright called it breathing yeah he called inhale and exhale inhale you inhale god's word but it actually begins with exhale you exhale 
the the sin. The sin. You know, right. It is kind of like well, what you, you were repent. About. Yeah, you repent. Uh, and, and as you read the word, you are moved to repentance. You can't read the word uh, without that. But then you breathe in God's word and his forgiveness and mm. his mercy and his spirit. And you look at other people with the eyes of a broken sinner yeah. instead of the eyes mm. of a prideful Pharisee. Yeah. I, you know, Doug, I was, Isaiah 50. I know that's one of your favorite yeah. little areas oh. in the text. Uh, verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples, mm. that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. And listen to this. It says, he awakens me. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Mm. The Lord God has opened my ear. Mm-hmm. And you think about that as disciple makers, be it at home or in the church or whatever you're doing. Listen, on your own, you you're, you got no hope. But with God's spirit in you, you have the ability to do what God has commanded us to do, what yeah. we've been called to do. Well, you do, and he will give you the strength to accomplish that, which takes us to the last thing, which is suffering, a suffering shepherd. You know, anybody, I don't know anybody that's really followed hard after God that has not gone through difficult times. And when the Spirit of God is seen in a suffering servant, it it's like a magnifying glass on the faith. Well, that's all. Hey, Brad, mm. thank you so much for coming in today and being part of this. And uh, glad things are going well, and hopefully we'll get you back in soon. Well, okay? please do. Steve, good to be with you. James, uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate the text. I had a few texts while we were in yeah, here. Yeah. It's good to be back on the air, Doug, and uh, miss you, brother. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. And, hey, if you want to listen to this program uh, or any past program, Go to www.swatradio.com, and you can go to past programs or just scroll down, and you'll see them. Um, we had requests about K. Carl Smith, who was our guest yesterday. Just go there. It's posted. It's a great interview. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a great weekend, and we will be back next Monday with more SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual